You're listening to Board Game Bitch. I'm your host, Victoria Fraser, and we're going to talk about all things board games. Let's get started. My new friend, Mateus, who also goes by Evil Jerk Gamer. Today we're talking about a fun little game you might have heard of called Dungeons and Dragons. I say little as if it's not like the biggest tabletop RPG that exists. It's been around since the 1970s, arguably kind of since the 60s because it was in, the idea was information back then. And uh, it's around the world, very popular game. Lots of people play it. In fact, some famous people play it. Uh, just to name drop a couple of them. You know, there's Vin Diesel, Robin Williams, and uh, there was another fun one. Oh, yeah, my dance teacher. <laughs> I wrote that down because it was funny. He's he's like the sweetest man, and then he's like the best uh, Brazilian zoo dancer, and he's also like a big nerd, and I love it. Anyways, shout out to you, Sandro. You probably will never listen to this, but... Um, there's that uh, Joe Mandalago or whoever's married to uh, no, Sofia Vergara. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, probably. He's huge into D&D. He's probably awesome. the biggest like pusher for D&D celebrity-wise. Yeah, there you go. There, there's like a ton. Actually, Vin Diesel apparently met a writer and then he made a movie based on a character. So he's literally LARPing in the movie, basically, which is kind of... Oh, a, that's that's awesome. Right? And like weird That's, facts that's like a this. whole different role-playing thing. A whole other separate conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A... <laughs> but, but yeah, so Dungeons & Dragons, if you don't know, which is fine, I actually only played it for the first time for maybe four or five years ago, even though I played a lot of board games. It's just a very intimidating one that can seem daunting. Um, it has its own huge community, so I had not personally tried it for a long time. Uh, but I dove in one day because I was like, eh, everyone seems to like it. It's cool. And that was actually very popular. I feel like in the recent year, it's gained extra steam with live you know, uh, recordings and, and podcasts out there. That oh, for sure. The game. So it's basically a tabletop RPG, a tabletop role-playing game is what that stands for it historically they were war based on war games which were games with miniatures where you'd command huge armies and then kind of just boys playing with toys together <laughs> on big tables that they painted with cute little stuff so instead of it did kind of shift from that with armies where you had obviously commanders and like huge you know tanks whatever type of thing uh to being more fantastical and less medieval and also being more player focused where you had like one recurring character they'd use and that's kind of how it went from the war game community and its own historical thing into the game we know today which was first made by gary gygax and several other people who contributed along the ways to change it because in the very beginning it's really funny because i looked at the old original like first publishing like the first books of it it's just like a notebook with like little doodles like lots of ladies with boobs out it looks like a 12 year old boy like <laughs> his notebook book i actually also. i actually played it toward the beginning so yeah way way back in the day yeah, yeah I, but where i grew up it was it was a big no-no like it was done in secret because yeah there for a long time dnd had the wrong people considered yeah. a, a, like an occult thing and devil worshiping and i grew up in a very religious small town and it just was a big no-no right no that makes so it was sense. always like a me and my buddy from high school who's like a closed doors <laughs> didn't tell anybody we were doing that's this type great. thing wow that's yeah. so crazy to think about but yeah if, if anyone doesn't know the satanic panic happened in the 80s which was a whole thing with dungeon dragons and generally just devil worshiping was like and cults existed quite aggressively it seemed and yeah there's there's several historical moments that actually kind of contributed to that different conversation from their time very interesting <laughs> it was definitely not popular and it no. wasn't something that you went to school and said oh yeah i played D, &D all weekend <laughs> yeah not no. a thing you did <laughs> but one mother actually sued a school because they had a club for D, D and her son it was yeah there's a lot of crazy stuff it, it was it was very controversial back in the day when it first came out actually even within the war game community because it was more fantastical he got sued several times for using the words like hobbits and he obviously wasn't allowed to he also got sued sure. for another thing um oh cthulhu stuff they used cthulhu in one of the, the, the demigod expansions or something early on anyways i was gonna ask how you got into it so it looks like you you kind of segued now a little bit naturally into that question already <laughs> yeah your your friends secretly it, in, in closets well it was funny because he he moved to town so he was the new kid and uh he sat right behind me in algebra and uh he kept bugging me to come play this and i kept resisting i was like eh, yeah no that's not my <laughs> thing you know because you know there was such a big deal about this is the demo devil worship and stuff and <laughs> yeah 
you know, my family was the, we go to church every Sunday thing, which wasn't a bad thing. It just mm -hmm. was like, uh, I don't know. And then finally he convinced me, I'm like, all right, I'll try it. And mm -hmm. then I just fell in love with it. And we just yeah, kind of played it a lot back in the day, yeah. but that was first edition. And I got to see and that back then the dice, you had to like color the, the numbers in with your own crown and all that stuff. Yeah. It was, it was reading, pretty cool. But reading the old rules, like, like it's so wild how, <laughs> how backwards and complicated some of the things are. Like you level up. Oh, it was, it was. Totally you didn't realize classes. how terrible it was yeah. until like, like, cause I took a, like a 20 year break I moved away, got married and then just got back into it not long ago, a couple of years ago. And then I'm like, wow, D and D is so different than what it, like, it's so much yeah. better. That's awesome. Yeah. Actually it's when it got bought several times by different, it's been owned obviously by different people and sure. it, initially. So Gary Gygax is the name of the guy who first made the game. And he worked with a company called Guide on Games. They actually were not interested in D&D &D, and they didn't want it. So he had to make his own company to then publish the game where it obviously cascaded and has been owned by several people um, along the way. And throughout that process, obviously more people being involved with games, giving feedback, it, balance has been like one of the key things. Like 5e is so much more balanced than earlier editions. Oh, cats, for sure. The earlier could kill you. <laughs> yeah and then you just you just didn't play a wizard because it just wasn't worth it yeah wizards they, like they you started. had you got one spell and that was it and then after that you had a dart to throw and ridiculous just, yeah it was just <laughs> i even even when i got back into it i'm like i'm not playing a wizard that's crazy and my friend finally convinced me now wizards are like my favorite because they're so every everything's yeah. so balanced now that's awesome which i was is, gonna ask your favorite your favorite class to play because i was very curious Ah, I don't know, like, because I've, mm. I've been experimenting with multiple, but my favorite race is a halfling. I like oh, being the wild, unpredictable, yeah. just crazy guy. And uh, <laughs> there you go. halflings kind of fit that. That does so, make sense. Yeah. I always like to go for uh, bards. Bards, my one of my go-tos, which bards also were not one of the early ones that were later, and you had to do a lot of things in the earlier ones to be able to be sure. a bard. Um, yeah. So I'm really glad I started with 5e, or else I'd have been like, I want to be a bard, and it would be like, oh, great, I have to do all this extra stuff. Um, I love bards. They're just very versatile. So I guess I probably would have played a cleric in the early days if I'd played back then, because that was more of a... Because there was only three classes. Yeah. It was what? Fight, fighting man was what he was called? Uh, magic user. It was the fighter magic user and basically and cleric. cleric i think right yeah cleric yeah. was the third one and that was the kind of in between so i probably would have done that personally although i don't think i existed at the time so i'll never really know yeah, <laughs> anyway and then when when second edition came out it was just so cool there was all these like little books on how to like subclasses for fighters and stuff like that and so mm -hmm. and then after that i took a 20-year break so i missed 3.5 and i guess that's okay. Four was just absolutely horrible, according to what everybody says. But yeah, I've heard bad things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never played it, but I'll, I clearly I don't need to. Um, but yeah, so today, no, that's a little bit of the history of the game. How we, I mean, I've personally gone to it. I didn't really talk about that, but a friend of mine. What happens is you play it with some friends, and then you can't find new friends to play with, so you always have to be the DM. So one of my friends, his friend group dissolved and he wanted to play so he made a new group and taught a couple of us how to play that was years ago how i first got into it um and i was like you know i've heard of it i'll give it a go and then obviously fell in love with it and now i play oh, pretty regularly i think so i also wanted to talk about i've got some hot tips actually the idea of the episode came from mateus thank you so much for that i think it's an awesome topic to talk about etiquette is important i feel like a classy lady like doing little etiquette classes like ew pinkies up <laughs> roll your dice <laughs> Anyways, do you want to start with the first tip? I got a couple tips myself, but I'm excited to see where you go with this. Don't be afraid to try like new classes. Like just, I mean, I don't know, just pick out a class. And if you don't like it, just because mm -hmm. I now, like, I don't know if you're familiar with Adventure League. I don't think I am, but. Okay. So Adventure League is like a, uh, is like a D and D thing. So you can take your character and go into mm -hmm. any convention whatever as long as it's an adventure league legal character you can just drop it in a thing into any game cool so if up to level five if you don't like your character you can change it so if you're not if you're playing a wizard and you're like wizard's not for me mm. you can just rewrite your character and change it to a cleric yeah. or to a bard so if you don't enjoy playing something don't play it it's true i mean plain and simple i mean because the game is there to be fun well and there's so, so many opportunities to like there's so many different styles of play, you know, because there's each character has the separate traits of like charismatic strength, intellect. Absolutely, whatever. yeah. You know, if you want to play someone who's really charming and you want to be this do the social aspect, then of course that's why I love the bards because I'm really into the social aspect. Uh, you know, go with that character. But if you're like, I just want to hack and slash things, obviously fighting 
with the strength and yeah. decks and stuff like that with with rangers then you're gonna go more, more towards that kind of character i always like to try a new, a new class every time i play and now i think i played basically all of them but yeah it's like fun to challenge yourself so and see new things. you already said bard's your favorite that's bard's so. my favorite which is funny i don't like bards at all i <laughs> I love bards. I have a lot of writer friends too. I think we we are we're always like bard. <laughs> but that's hilarious. Yeah, and also you can kind of make the other thing that's kind of fun. If, so this this is a challenge though. Is if you do pick a class and you don't like it, like if I was to pick, I don't know, like a, a wizard or something, and I absolutely was like, I'm just not vibing with this character. There's no reason you can't be a charismatic wizard, wizard who's just like not into spells. You can you can kind of that's the, what I. Well, that's about that's what role playing is all about. You yeah. Just, you be who you want to be mm-hmm. doesn't always necessarily work for you. Um, <laughs> it's true. Depending on your DM, you could get killed pretty quickly, but you know, and then you, you can always to make, make a another new character. One. Exactly. Yeah, make a new one. You just, you just born again. Oh, this character has strangely a lot of the same traits as the other one that just died. But you know what? Doppelgangers exist. So <laughs> it's, it's called magic. Anyways. Um, my number one first thing that I was going to talk about was actually a common pl- problem in various cooperative games, not just including D&D, but not just it, is the alpha player problem, which is where you play for other people's, people's turns. And I've seen that happen in games where like some people are so obsessed with the winning or like the doing the r- exact right, most strategic move that if one of the characters like in the middle of battle and they're like, uh, I time my shoe or something. I don't know. That's whatever. Something kind of unrelated, maybe that you might be like, that's kind of a weird play. Why are you doing that? people will have issues with that and then kind of like ruin the flow of the game because they're kind of just like well you shouldn't do that you should be doing this it's not your turn it's their turn they're doing whatever they're doing um and you know you're kind of telling them what to do nobody likes that because that's just kind of not fun this is why i hate almost every i hate co-op games basically for that reason yeah (gasps) i I love co-op games there's very few co-op games that i enjoy Hmm. maybe you're just playing with the wrong people Uh, or probably the wrong person. <laughs> Maybe you're the wrong <laughs> well, person. But I, I, I like, I like to destroy everybody at the table. So we're playing uh, co-op. It's like, uh But if if it's like um a co-op where like yeah. there's a mystery trader, right? I'm all about that. But right. Oh, that, but like pandemic, yeah. I'll never ever play pandemic because every time I sit down to play it, people are telling me what to do, and I'm just like, I'm not really playing this, so I'm gonna go yeah. do something else. Yeah, that's fair. I do, I do find pandemic's one of those ones that can, can have that, especially. I really like Dead of Winter. So that because they do a kind of there's two things. So the whole group wants to win because you're a zombie. It's a zombie game where you're trying to defend against zombies, sure. and your main motive, obviously, the whole, you have to work together. There is also a secret trader component sometimes, but you also have a secondary motive. So when you win, you can like win as a group. But you can also be like I extra one individually. So I kind of like did you, did better. Yeah, I owned you all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I got all the medicine and I'm cool. Uh, so yeah, there's like games that try to solve those things, but yeah, it can be an issue if people. If, I guess also the pandemic the issue is that there's kind of clearly a best move more or less depending on the thing. So right. we, like obviously people are going to be like, well, no, this is obviously the best move. What are you doing? So right, and it's happen. not a game I played a lot. So it'll, yeah. people who are into pandemic have played it a lot. Yeah, and so it's just it's to me it's just not a fun game. <laughs> I like the legacy version because the base one's so simple that I'm like, eh, it's I'm over it. <laughs> Anyways, sure. different game. Forget about that. Yep. Um, my other really hot tip, this is a really silly one, but this is always bring snacks. <laughs> D&D is all about food, for sure. Just it's Food really, and drink. Yeah, it's just a potluck just... where you also play a game. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I don't know, I play a game and if no one else brought snacks, I'm like, guys, you're not pulling your weight. Like, come on. Right. We're going to be here for six hours. For sure. <laughs> Right? Yeah, our, our board game nights are always like a beer share. So yeah. and then there's chips and stuff everywhere. So, yeah, I did go to a game it's once. all about that. Yeah, I had friends or friends of friends that I played with and they had so many snacks. It was like a little mini buffet that I was almost overwhelmed and I had brought chips or something like not a lot. Like they had fruit and veggies and like pop and napkins. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like this is a little party. Um, so I felt bad, but <laughs> oh well, <laughs> at least I did bring chips. But uh, but yeah, that's one of my silly pieces of advice. What advice can you think of? What what other hot tips? Um, don't be afraid. I mean, don't if something. This is one thing that drives me nuts. Don't do the same thing every turn. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, if if it didn't work last time, don't try it again. Like, uh, mm-hmm. try new stuff. And then also, if you miss or you fail role play that out don't be like oh man like there's people that get so bent yeah. on shape they're like oh i can't do this i like i fail and then they like mm. i've seen so many people get so angry and just like oh. toss their dice out oh. and 
this dice sucks. I'm going to get a new one. And you're just like, dice prison for, for me. You. Like I, I know. And especially in my, I have a group mm. that meets every other Monday night. They think it's hilarious when I miss. Cause I always role play it out. I'm like, ah. Oh, I go to swing and sunlight glints off the sword of some other person yeah. and gets in my eyes. So I jump down to put on my sunglasses and forget I was even attacking. And, <laughs> amazing i love that that's actually really a good tip too because like it is a role-playing game the story element is is what i love about it and i think what a lot of people like about it and there's so much opportunity there because when you miss there's a reason your character missed because it doesn't make sense yeah especially if you're getting in those high level characters or like a level 15 ranger who's been like using the bow for maybe hundreds of years depending on the type of race that you are you could be like a 300 year old year old elf you know you're really good at shooting things so like there's got to be a reason that you would have missed like either the enemy dodged really effectively right something like that or he's just got really good armor and it just bounced off like he didn't miss it just didn't penetrate totally it can be something simple like that can also be like you said like something funny where like you were about to shoot and then you had a weird memory of like when you were a kid and you said something stupid and you're embarrassed and you just like zoned out for a second like something (laughs) well since i'm the halfling i'm always like the kind of the comic relief i'm always doing just yeah. crazy stuff like that so totally and that's like what creates the most memorable moments in a game where something goes terribly wrong like i had a game ages ago it was one of my earlier first like times being a dm i think and a player was like stealing something from another like an npc they were in the character's room trying to take something and the character was not the player but the npc was sleeping and they had to climb out the window and they rolled and failed like they obviously didn't do it perfectly and so they rolled played that they the person kind of like woke up and i was like what's going on and i forget what they said but they said something really funny along the lines of like i think his name was like tharg the character was like thorg or tharg and he's like tharg need item and then just like fell out the window like <laughs> in the middle awesome. of the night and it was like the, the funniest thing like you didn't succeed on the roll he still succeeded what he needed to do he just didn't do it well and that moment was like a story i told people forever because it's like i mean told it today because it just was entertaining and hilarious so things like that are what make it a more fun game and more memorable and like you know you're not going to remember the 18 times you successfully shot a goblin <laughs> no like and even when you even even role play that out sometimes you know yeah. you, you shot him or and, yeah i don't know people don't role play enough i see mm-hmm. i feel like they just kind of especially there's a lot of times where i'll get into a session and it ends up just being like a dungeon crawl where people are just chucking dice and that's it <laughs> yeah and there's no, i don't love i don't love just hacking and slashing it's not yeah i don't and then some people that's what that's what they look for and mm-hmm. that's just yeah to me i'm bored out of my mind i'm like if we're doing this i'd rather just play a board game yeah like yeah because basically it's that you're in, basically you're just playing descent at that point you're just not you took all the role-playing aspects out of it and just yeah. like this becomes boring. And then, and then if you're the guy that's trying to role-play, you start annoying them. So it's like, yeah, you kind of need to find that balance and find the perfect group for you. Like if that's. Yeah, absolutely. That was going to be one of my tips is actually just like uh, finding the right playing group because sometimes you just don't vibe with a group and that's okay. Cause like, sure. you know, it's like it, it, everyone just like gets something else out of it and if you're the one person who's maybe the odd one out that you know there's there's no reason you can't just like politely be like yeah oh, i've had some other things come up or like i don't think this is the right group for me or if you really like your friends because you're good friends then that's also an issue maybe be like hey guys can we try something a little different next time or even offering to be the dm because giving the dm a break and doing like a one shot is also super appreciated like i have a lot of friends now who are dms which is great so i don't have to always be the one doing everything and planning everything and organizing it all um and and that's kind of a lot of effort for you so doing things like that like there's other ways to kind of solve those problems like okay maybe your group all like you're the only one who doesn't like to do a hack and slash but maybe they just they've only played it that way and so if you offered to be a dm yeah that's true yeah right if you offer to be a it's, DM, it's the the point group. that you brought up about dms too is is um like that's just that's such a chore yeah. and i don't think people realize it Ugh. like i hate being the dm i'm the guy that just like if you frustrate me i just want to kill you oh no so, I'm just, secretly i'm just like oh uh, yeah you're gonna die rolling but, dice <laughs> so i it, i absolutely hate being the dm so and then it just really bothers me when people get mad at the dm or they just try to they try to make that character that's just so broken yeah. which kind of messes with the dm's campaign and that you see that a lot at conventions mm-hmm. like yeah, people sure. just constantly arguing or they've made this just stupid character that you're just like um no you can't really do that and they're like oh yeah i can blah, blah, and they start pulling out all these various books and you're just like oh my gosh why i there mean is this a is a role-playing books. game you're just oh there's mm-hmm. so many like you can pull and some of them technically aren't 
like legal in adventure league and stuff like that so it's just like you have to figure out what is if you're doing conventions because almost all event conventions are adventure league right that makes uh, sense so that's interesting yeah but there's oh, just a ridiculous tip, number <laughs> my I next did, tip I did. was literally verbatim don't argue with the dm <laughs> oh yeah it's but you see it so much like if, especially because yeah. i've done a lot of cons and it just yeah it's it's so frustrating. It's like silly because also in the rule book, if you read the rule book, it literally says like the DM is the god essentially. The DM's right. word yeah, is what absolutely. it is. At the end of the day, it actually doesn't even matter what's in any of the manuals because if the DM no. has made this thing the way that it is. That's the way that it is. You know, um, they're the the Deus Ex Machina. They're the they control everything and they can take it all away and, and put it all there instantly. Like they could just be like, oh, you got bit by a snake and you die in an hour because. Yeah, that then, would be me. I'd be like, oh, yeah, shut up. I don't know where this boulder came from, but you just died. Oh, no, a giant boulder. Raining boulders. What happened? What? That's funny. Yeah. No, actually, another one. This is one, this is one actually I think can go to different, a couple different ways, but it is the metagaming. Um, and I experienced this as a beginner, and I've also experienced it as a DM as a player. But um, for obviously, like when you, when people don't know and it's their first time playing like they don't really understand the lore so when i first played dm i didn't i didn't obviously read several hundred books and to know all of the right, history of dead strengths because there's so much and i didn't even really understand like i understand also you can make up a lot of things but i didn't understand the i didn't know the extent i could make up my own things because i didn't know the rules of and the history of the world so i was kind of in this weird gray zone where i was like i don't want to make things up but i also know i have to make things up but i also don't know what the actual world is and it was kind of unfair because rdm played in a sense that i should my person so it's kind of there's this thing where your player knows things but obviously your character doesn't right so i know sure. things personally about dragons but i didn't know if my uh -huh. character knew anything about dragons and so i wasted a turn a couple turns trying to do something to a dragon that I, like a spell to make it blind and they have blind sight and that's kind of baloney because I should know that as a care is like, you know, you would know some uh -huh. things depending on like you're on it, but like they did it to the extent where it's like, I didn't know anything about goblins. I didn't know, I didn't know anything about anything. I was like, my player shouldn't be this dumb. Like, <laughs> no, so that's just poor DMing. Yeah, honestly. honestly, I mean, he was his first time as DM, so I don't really blame him and it was fine. And he played previous editions that were also different. But in that case, you know, if you're DMing, especially for a new group, you know, you don't want to put them off the game entirely. So give them things that you can like, don't be so secretive like some things are going to be secretive obviously like you don't want to, be, yeah. you don't need to tell them the ac until they've obviously hit it you can figure that out in the battle that's fair but telling them things like letting them waste several turns and not really telling them why is not really a fair way to play because like that's just not they're literally doing nothing and that's kind of a, a not cool way so metagaming in the sense of not giving enough knowledge or metagaming and using too much knowledge is also not so cool um and eventually you do know a lot about the game and, and so it can be difficult to not metagame where if i'm playing i'm like oh i know all these things about this but does my character know that it's probably my character's first time meeting a dragon maybe dragons are super secretive and legendary and they didn't even right i was gonna real. say with with dragons that's a hard balance because yeah technically there should be rare so your character probably wouldn't know exactly. much about them I, I, I would say it would depend like that that's why we have the ability checks like you have exactly. the lore checks and stuff yeah. so yeah i think people roll people to see forget. character totally i think this is what new dms make that mistake they forget how much you can roll to share the knowledge of just like right. those shouldn't be hard rolls they could be like a, a 50 50 kind of thing of like uh because uh, and if you have multiple people in the party each doing different ones like i'm gonna do a history check i'm gonna do a perception check like oh you right. notice the like dragon. if you're a dumb fighter you're probably not going to yeah. know a lot about dragons but if you're a mage yeah. that's been reading your entire life you probably know something you'd be like you know what i feel like i remember this weird story and also again an opportunity for role playing and, and storytelling which is again one of the reasons people love D, &D uh to have your character you the dm can tell the character you know like a memory that, that comes to mind right um and that's totally there's so much opportunity there to be creative and make it engaging one other thing actually this is something i've seen really recent in dming or in playing games with different people is um people checking in a little bit more before even playing a game with your group of like what kind of i mean obviously we talked a little bit about playing with a group that you align with and like you have the same kind of play style uh, but even just checking in of people on like their how much they're okay with like a gore factor of the description of like how gross maybe it is the killing if you're like ah, oh, you behead the goblin and etc or even just the flirtatious factor of like some players just want to hit on everything and you're just like oh my gosh <laughs> we're playing a game here yeah, stop hitting yeah, on every exactly. NPC. 
And like that get that gets a little weird too, especially at my age. You're just like, okay, you're not a you know, it. <laughs> you're you're role gets, playing a 19 year old elf, and like like yeah. And you're just you're just like yeah. I, I don't even know the words to that, but you see that a lot at cons too, and you're just like, this is getting weird. Or like if you have like a couple in in your group, and like they're obviously the couples together, so then their characters might also be like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and it's like, okay, guys. No PDA. <laughs> Honestly, I, I've actually seen mostly that the exact opposite. Usually really? they, when couples are in a table together. But granted, I play with probably people more my age. So right. maybe that's right. just because and they're just they're like, like, we're over that. No, yeah. <laughs> we're not together. And they, they usually hate each other in the game or something. Yeah, actually, board game couples can be very competitive. It's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in which case you wouldn't be as friendly. It depends. I see it go, go, go the other way, too. But. Uh, but I would say, like, anyway, that basically a good thing to do beforehand. And I've seen even there's free checklists online of, of like, kind of like um, I forget, I don't know what they what you would search, but almost like a little consent thing of like beforehand of like, of like what's everyone okay with? Because some people do play very. I don't really go for like the well, sure. aggressive description well, of like the you know you chop him in half and like all the entrails. Like no, I don't really care for that. But if it's happening, I'm not going to be so offended <laughs> but i actually actually didn't realize it was something that i had a concern with um i mean i'm in canada too like our uh what's the word like the system for like movies and stuff like our rated stuff like we have a higher sure like gore and, and horror movies but that is like <laughs> rated higher anyways right i just say we have a different well, kind of approach than some countries so i feel like this topic actually came up in conventions not long ago because somebody complained and obviously it's it's legit but um because sometimes when you're dealing with fantasy setting or, or like any war setting and stuff things happen and there was a module or somebody wrote a module that had that involved rape mm, so if you oh deal Jesus. with yeah i can't um, even imagine which which wow. isn't didn't seem to be all that rare and i never even thought about it but yeah. you know there was a person at the table who had experienced something like that and yeah. this was just I this wasn't my table. This was just what I had heard Something, through. Yeah. Yeah. And uh so now they kind of look closer to, at uh what's being made and what's being because yeah, back that's... in the eighties nobody thought about stuff like that. Like it yeah. I mean you see it in movies all the time and so nobody just nobody really thought about people's feelings so much, but no, totally it did come up and that's very interesting. Yeah, that's definitely something that like I mean, I honestly I would never put that in any game at all. <laughs> but I can uh, yeah, I, I see that this conversation needs to be had. Um, obviously, if people, based on the historical things and different like things like yeah. that, and it, and then being out there in modules, then you know you need to be able to be like this. You want to make everyone at the table comfortable, and some things are going to make them uncomfortable. So checking in beforehand is a great way to prevent that from happening. Um, exactly, because yeah. that kind of stuff can happen, and it's much better to prevent it if you can. Obviously, when things do happen, I think it's really good to check in afterwards as well. This is something that my I have a I have two really good dams that I played with recently, and they're so sweet because I don't even really have an issue. Like I'm like whatever, I'm pretty chill. But like I don't know if I had like a bit of a weird game, it's like eh, something awkward happened, but it's not the end of the world. Um, literally, there's so nice and they'll be like hey you seemed a little bit uncomfortable in this one moment like is there something we could do differently and i'm like i'm gonna cry you're so sweet like i didn't even really like worry about it that much but yeah i had two two sort of weird instances in, in uh, recent games that i did and my dms were both like super aware of it so yeah try to pick up on that it, it's kind of hard to say like oh <laughs> check in socially with so read yeah. social cues well but... especially depending on how big your group is if you have like a six person table you might yeah. not even notice something happened totally of course but yeah, and that's that's really just like taking care of each other, and like that's just like yeah. you know humans in general try to be try to be nice, yeah. and don't be afraid. You kind of have to put that on the players too, because the DM yeah. is running so many things, oh, and he's, sometimes he's not even looking at players because he's behind the screen. He's rolling so track many of dice. hit points. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, totally trying to murder you with with goblins and with like eighty goblins. Yeah. Definitely doing things like that before games and after games, just kind of adding it into thinking about it and adding it into maybe your habits is a good way to do. Um, and then, and like he always checked in, like they both would check me one-on-one -on -one personally. So like, I mean, this is again, the player, it can be on you and the DM if you want to, if you have the energy, of course, cause again, you do a lot for the groups. It's good, a good way, good to get in the habit of that. And I think uh, there's lots of changes like this happening in community, which I love. And I think that makes it so much more accessible and, and great for everybody to enjoy. My last tip that I have, we've actually gone through a lot of these already, but 
Um, mine was to be on time. I know it's so silly. It's so obvious, but like, and actually just show up, really just show up. Cause like you see all those memes yeah, even. The showing up is, is yeah. key because, you know, if you have a consistent group and you don't show up, it messes up the whole campaign or the whole, then totally. either they have to write you out of it for that week or somebody has to mm -hmm. control your character, which isn't usually fun. Like, I don't <laughs> like messing with two characters at once. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to think about what this guy has to do. I just want to think about what my guy has to do. And that's one of the reasons why I personally don't like DMing because there's just mm -hmm. too many people to and then people especially when you start involving npcs like i don't want to mess with npcs when i'm dming i did like, make a mis I, mistake with that once yeah i brought back an old character that i wanted to just like throw into the campaign and then they needed the character well they kind of tried to bring the character into the the foray yeah i was like great now i'm playing an npc against myself and i was like this is not this is not ideal so that's a hot tip for DMs, actually. New DMs, don't do that. Don't play an NPC. Yeah, and some party. people, I like, I, I know DMs who love having an NPC because they feel like that's a character where uh, they can play too. I guess so, but to me, it's just it's too much work. Yeah. I'm just like, no, I got all these monsters that I want to NPC. Yeah, with exactly, you and, totally. And there's no reason the monsters can't also change sides and be friendly with them at the end. You can choose not oh, yeah, to there kill is. things. No, I love you need to kill them all. <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> all right then. <laughs> no, I like, love, I love I, my monsters have to role play as well. Like, I'm going to come in and I'm going to mock you and I'm going to. <laughs> That's yeah. Fair. I like the gray area where things can kind of be like, I don't know, like maybe a monster. I mean, have you played the board, the card game Boss Monster at all? I have. Oh, I love it. It's so cute because it's like you're, you're the bad guys, you're the monsters, and the heroes keep coming into your nice little cave trying to take your shit. And you're like, yeah. trying to, you got to defend yourself from these heroes. The heroes aren't the good guy. They're literally breaking in someone's cave, taking their stuff, killing their friends. Come on. They're not the good guys. <laughs> so I don't know. I like to play. I like to, I mean, this is just storytelling in general. I really like to keep in mind the motivation of everyone. Cause no one, no good bad guys don't think they're a bad guy. You know, they've got their own reasons, even if they're kind of right. great reasons. <laughs> the goblins got to eat. <laughs> yes. Goblins got to eat. It's true want that on t-shirt <laughs> um, for sure yeah no that's great any other uh fun fun beginner tips that you have don't cheat on your dice rolls oh gosh what i see that so much and i'm just like especially like i'll be at a convention and guys uh -huh. like oh yeah i rolled a 17 and look over oh. and it's a seven and you're just oh. like that's just if you less. miss role play it out like it's just <laughs> or, or the guy that rolls like 520s in a game and you're like no you didn't you're like come on i do have a very hot dice that might accidentally be rigged i'm i will admit it's real it rolls a tw at least you're that one. person i i'm not i swear <laughs> i have this stupid goddamn dice i can't use it as a dm because i'll just kill everybody it rolls 20s like nobody's business it rolled three 20s in a row one time it's a metal dice and it must be accidentally loaded i, I have to i have to just wonder what's going on with it but I i'm do, one of those weird nice people dice. that don't like metal dice i only have one I don't, set and it was a gift it is kind of unless heavy. if you don't have a dice tray yeah then then you're i'm always afraid of like messing up a table or something yeah oh yeah no i don't yeah if i don't have some if it's on like a glass table i would not even use them because they would just scratch it and also they scratch themselves i've realized so i need to get yeah. a different container because i just have them in a dice bag and i looked at them the other day i was like wait why are there so many dents on these things i'm like oh my goodness they're they're harming each other so yeah metal dice are not actually a, as great as i think people want them to be and think that they they're are. so expensive too i'm kind of mind blown what people spend on dice these days just yeah. boggles my and i see some beautiful ones on instagram but i'm like <gasps> that's a hundred dollar d d20 i'm like is it is it the size of me why is it a hundred dollars there's a there's a d20 on instagram and i'll have to send you a picture of it oh it has a gosh. ship in it and it is beautiful uh -huh. like it looks like a boat floating on water like it's oh, gorgeous I, yeah but it's a hundred bucks and i'm like it's pretty but <laughs> i could get a pretty awesome board game for a hundred dollars oh my god you could get like three awesome board games for a hundred dollars well, yeah maybe, maybe two it depends on the game um yeah. wow that's a lot yeah it's interesting how like i like it small businesses doing cool cool things oh absolutely more power so, like, and, and i don't judge anybody course, that's buying yeah. that i'm just too cheap to do that yeah like, totally my, exactly my five dollar d20 rolls uh, the same <laughs> yeah i like a pack that. of dice for like six dollars my first dice was maybe like ten dollars tops I, they're pink and i still love them they're great um i have a couple dice i actually don't have too many i was thinking i don't know i actually did just buy a set the other day <laughs> i got some pride dice that are rainbow that i'm very excited but they're the first dice i bought in like two or three years 
So that's cool. a lot of people always have way too many dice. Uh, well, oh, I, I realized I did. And my wife had this bubble gum machine in the living yeah. room that didn't have bubble gum in it. So we filled it with my dice. Oh, that's <laughs> it funny. looks pretty cool. So you're just like, so instead of rolling, you could just like twist the bubble gum yeah, machine. Stick a quarter works. in here and we'll see what it. I've never done that. that. Now that you brought that up, that might be a fun there you night, go. game night. There that you would go. be so cool. You could even do, like, I mean, if you get, like, the little, like, reusable containers and, like, do the little things eventually or other other ways, I not could, just dice, but, you know, tons of stuff could go in there that could be, like, interesting. Like I could got, make money. You could, could make money, have too. The players. I could be like, oh, you missed, but if you put a quarter in here, I'll let you re-roll. Hey, guys. <laughs> and then you just, like, at the very end, you 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 use it to buy beer for everyone or something. So it kind of gets back to them. Yeah, or you steal it. You maybe. just keep it. Who knows? I, I would just keep it. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about quarters. <laughs> buy me so beer lot. and then drink it in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, this is mine now. <laughs> Drinking yeah. all of your failures. No, you could even do, like, weird stuff. What I was thinking is if you did more, like, the little, like, actual bobules. Bob I don't know. Whatever they are. And you filled them with, like little dollar story like animal toys or something so like they'd have like oh this random like you could get encounters and stuff out of it too is what i, I there you I, go yeah you know, like, all all sorts of creativity but also yeah just straight up dice rolls would be hilarious where you like roll do the bubble gum machine also a big advice bathe sorry i mean take a bathe take a shower oh <laughs> that is bathe it is it is Don't. rough sitting at conventions oh, no. next to some of these people like yeah yikes Okay. I don't know right. if you've done a lot of conventions, but Basic that is a hygiene. common. I have not. Yeah. I have only gone to TCTCs in Vancouver, and it's more of a board game convention. It's not just like D&D. They have an RPG room. And I think I I don't think I actually did any RPGs. Like I walked in and wandered and like met some people, but I don't think I played any of them. So you did like book a time slot beforehand. Sure. Um, yeah. And I was volunteering, so I did a lot of um, teaching people games and stuff like that. So I kind of like had my shifts volunteering, so I didn't necessarily have time to do like a whole four-hour session over the weekend because i also want to be able to play games myself um sure yeah i should really do that once games can once we can have conventions again that'll be nice right <laughs> yeah but there's a there now um with D, there's a thing they call it at a lot of conventions they call them epics mm. where you have like 15 tables in one room Ooh. and everybody's playing the same campaign but you might be in different areas of the yeah. campaign and then there's so like cool. role players walking between the tables and stuff like the last one we were we were all in a city being attacked by mechs mm. and there were like town guards and stuff running around giving orders and your table <laughs> and this table here might be playing against one mech and right. it's awesome because everybody in the room is involved in the same campaign and it's just so cool. you're just in a different area and it, yeah those are really really fun that does sound really neat you and might at the be end, like you can talk to each other about it and like share your oh yeah and you might be at one table but you end up at five tables over because you got sent there for some whatever reason oh, and you're that's role so playing it's a blast. Oh, Epics great. are a lot of fun. That's genius. I like the idea of being able to like, of like, yeah, taking you and like throwing you over there. Like, oh, you need it over here now. Like, yeah. maybe, however that happened, uh, because it also means that's one of the things is you can kind of get stuck at like a table or stuck in your small group of people, and then you might not meet other people. Um, sure. So that's kind of a smart way of doing it. That's awesome. That's why I love volunteering because I was a game steward, so I would meet so many people because I would just teach a different five group, six group of people just how to play a game. So it was really, really fun. Oh, good old days. Um, I did do a charity event actually a while ago now, and they did some, they did it on Discord though or Roll Twenty or something, and they did a similar thing where we were all doing the same like campaign overall, but I think it was against mind flares and stuff. Um, oh sure. Yeah, it was a bit, it was like a big invasion in the town and like these ships came in and then we tried, to, I think, we think we killed the Mind Flayer in the end or he got away. I don't know. It was intense though, but it was fun. So you either succeeded and, or didn't, you just I, don't remember. I don't remember the actual <laughs> yeah. ending. I just remember I had a great time. <laughs> I don't even remember what I played. I, wow, I played so I much it was a bard. it's all blurring. I mean, most likely it was a bard, but I do play, I, I do, I don't, I play a bard. I like 20% of the time I'll play a bard because I do play a different set class, try and play something I haven't played before every time I start a new thing or even one shots and stuff. Uh, but my first bard was Delilah the Delightful and she pop, she's my like go-to if I'm too lazy to make a new character. I'm just like, I'm just going to bring Delilah out. <laughs> she's yeah, my first character was obviously named Conan because it was the 80s. I think of everybody's course. character back in the 80s was named Conan. That's so good. That's awesome. Yeah, I guess I forgot to ask the name of your first character, but there you go. Yeah. Do you have like a naming? Like, I find naming is the hardest thing for my character. Oh, it's so hard. It's so impossible. Do you have any tricks for that? No. 
honestly. Dang it, sometimes I I'll, uh, sometimes I'll actually like Google like medieval names or something like that. So yeah, actually, you can come up with stuff that way. That's um, true. I'll like translate like take a word from a, like I'll look up a word and then just translate it to another another language and just be like, mm, this is what I want. Um, there's also lots of I think Xanathar's guide. It's like a bonus book and it has lots yeah. and lots of cool tables in it. And I think there's a name thing at the very back. And I'm pretty sure the DM guide or the player's guide also has like some name stuff. So you can always use yeah. those tables. That's like, I don't, for some reason, I don't like those tables. I never find them to be helpful and useful. For NPCs, I'll use them. But for like my actual characters that I play, I've just never really liked them. Uh, but I Yeah, that is the do. tough part about being a, a DM too, is coming up with a name right off the bat. It's like, oh, <laughs> here's here's Susan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Everyone's got like the most generic names. Sometimes you're just like, they're like, and then you see all you'll name. This is what you do as DM. You put all this effort into like, you know, um, Sir Thomas Greyhorn or something and he's like this fancy knight and he's got a quest for the players and you're like okay they're going to talk to Sir Thomas Greyhorn because he looks like a badass and he's going to talk to them in the pub and it'd be great but then they ask about all the other NPCs because they're like no what's going on I want to see the whole description of the pub and you're like okay well there's a gnome named Nomi Nomerson in the corner <laughs> and the players are like we want to be friends with Nomi Nomerson you're yeah. like Nomi Nomerson doesn't Screw care the guy that you want it yeah <laughs> that's that's another thing as a dm like you have trying to steer people the way you want them to go doesn't always work so oh, no. No, sometimes no, no. you're you may have a whole night written out and not, not use any of it because they went this way instead of yeah I, I, actually one of the funny things there was um i think it's horde of the dragon queen which is one of the, the modules and stuff thing you can stories you can buy you can buy pre-made adventures as a dm or you can make your own i've used pre-made ones a couple times and that's one of the ones i've tried using once and i was reading where one person played it because horde of the dragon queen starts in a village and the players kind of come up to the village and they see it being attacked by a dragon right off the bat that's how it goes spoiler alert but this is chapter one i'm sorry that's just literally what happens and if your characters like your players are just like whoa that town's being attacked by a dragon let's just leave there goes yeah, the entire campaign <laughs> You'd have to, I mean, obviously, you, you know, as a DM, you make a workaround. Okay, the next village also gets attacked by a dragon in the middle of the night while they're there. Like, whatever. You can you can come up with alternatives. It's really not so difficult to make things happen. Um, but but that is definitely a problem where you're like, oh, great. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I made it so obvious. And it's like, it is called, it's called rail, railroading, right? Where you kind of force people on a track, which is not yeah. great. But also, at the end of the day, if you, you know, you can't. There's a lot of pulling things out of thin air, really, but you know, it, it gets exhausting if you do have to do that all the time. So it is. I don't blame DMs when they kind of force you to do something. Seem like, oh, well, yeah, this sometimes is what they, they have to. Exactly. Like this is what they prepared, so that's where I should be going. Like, okay, that's where metagame is. It's kind of fine. <laughs> but nice. Do you have? Any? I have to. I have to watch myself as being the alpha game, especially in the group I'm in now, because oh, yeah. they're all relatively new, ah. and it's not. I'm trying not to be the alpha gamer, but. Spells can be very, very confusing. And a lot of times people don't actually know what they yeah. what the spell actually does. That's so fair. it's like trying to explain to them that this isn't necessarily the right spell in this situation because it's not doing what you think it's doing. Sometimes mm -hmm. um yeah, but so far my group hasn't complained about it. I mean I've I've actually That's checked in with them and I'm like, hey, I'm not trying to be the alpha gamer. I'm just making sure you know that this is yeah what this spell does and this is what this spell does and no totally i think that's so, fair especially because spells can be spells can be very very confusing because there's I, a lot of yeah. them and, and then, then there's the whole like yeah there's the whole like like some spells are instant and some spells take time and yeah. and yeah if you're not a if you're a new player i don't recommend playing a a spell caster because yes. there's so much more work involved definitely if, if you're gonna play can be very confusing yeah and also at the end of the day a lot of other classes that still have a couple spells like even a paladin has some spells and um uh bards are good because they're versatile because they have spells but they're still kind of pretty simple so you can still get spells and kind of learn the mechanic of spell casting without playing like a wizard or anything i avoided wizards and sorcerers for so long because i also didn't understand the difference between all of them because there's wizards there's sorcerers there's sure. uh what's the other one there's like three or four magic casting they're all 
different. I understand now, but when I first played, I was like, what's the difference between a wizard and a sorcerer? Oh, it's super confusing. Because, <laughs> like, like, there's the spell shield, which you can basically, it's a reaction spell, so you can put it up at any time. Yeah. But and then people are like, oh, well, I can cast my spells anytime. I'm like, no, because this is a reaction spell. So you have to, yeah. explaining that sometimes can be very difficult. It's like, yeah, that's true. Because it's not like a board game where you have like a very clear, this is your turn, this is the actions you can do, blah, blah, blah. I have a lot right. of little cheat guides that I use to kind of help, and I found lots of good books. There'd One be so I... many cheat guides for <laughs> D and D. Yeah, there's a lot, but but it kind of helps for a beginner to be like, okay, like like even just a list of like sure. here's your like twelve different actions you can do in your turn, because um, like people just forget that they can dodge, they can dash, they can do all these different things, and what that actually means, and that that's where it actually is. and also it's it's up to your imagination. Like if you want to just open right. a door, you can open a door. That's also an action probably, or at least a bonus action. Um, if you're in like a battle for example but but yeah there's it's it can be overwhelming to like to kind of figure out how they all work so there's, there's there's your action there's like a bonus action and there's reactions and then obviously like i was i'm playing right. a monk in my current game and monks have like a stupid amount of bonus actions on my turn i just like oh i know yeah <laughs> it's for and so even i i've not played a monk for that reason just it's really I, fun <laughs> is it i love it i'm very i mean my DM's being really nice to me, and he's kind of making my monk more powerful because they are one of the le like weaker classes in some ways. But I think he's going to make me overpowered, which is going to be interesting because it's kind of like mm. I have this tattoo that lights up and like inky tendrils. Kind of it gives me like a range attack, like a magic tattoo. Oh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's not overpowered at all. <laughs> it's very overpowered, but also the monk doesn't really have any range things, so it kind of makes sense. It it is a little broken. I'm I'm okay with it because he gave it to me. I'm like, if you're going to give me the broken right. mechanic, I'm going to use it. <laughs> But that's that's another hint for for DMs to to watch out for that type of stuff because yes. if when you have a character it, that's broken, yeah, yeah, then and other players at the table don't have that, then it's just oh, we're all broken. It, oh yeah, <laughs> he's very fair with the breaking it. <laughs> but I think it's because he himself wants to make some really powerful monsters, and so like that's probably kind of where it's going, which is cool. If I get to roll three dice in a turn to attack, I'm I'm down with that. Um, but yeah, the monk but is. Do you is ever special. feel that danger? Because I, I hate when I play a campaign and you know that it's always going to succeed. Oh, I've died like twice already. Okay, then that's <laughs> that's cool. Like, and I and I try to explain that even to new players. Like, if the danger feeling isn't there, then why why are we even yeah. playing it? Then yeah, then it just becomes sure. story hour, and yeah. you deal with that in a lot of conventions, and it, they're kind of told to do it that way because they want to make everybody happy. Right. But. I remember I was at a convention once and I just kept rolling really, really bad. And the oh, DM no. just kept going, bad things are going to happen if you keep rolling bad. Nothing bad ever happened. I just kept rolling <laughs> bad. Not on purpose. I just couldn't roll just above dice, a five. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was one of those days. And yeah. it just got, and I was like, okay, I just wasted two hours of my time because it yeah. just like, I, I want to role play. I don't want to, I don't want to story like kill yeah. me. You can always just like come up with a solution of like, like there's no reason i mean it's really hard to make up a character on the spot but it's not possible nowadays you can do like your phone you can do so many cool like instant just like generate a character with like stats and you know, like a button on some websites sure. it's so simple so like there's no reason you can't just be like ah, this character does die and like this random person comes stumbling out of a hut like again that's the dm you can literally make right. anything happen oh, at any for sure every problem can be solved it's not it's not something to be afraid of like i've never actually had a character die die yet like they've died and they've gotten healed and like i've always been able to bounce back i've gotten close to it where i've rolled you know the death saves but luckily been saved um but you know i'm really not i mean this is a beginner beginner i think it's nice to try and be nice because if it's the first like literally oh yeah like I, would, ever. I wouldn't set out to kill somebody on purpose but, but like i don't like just like i like i said i don't like it if there's no danger yeah, yeah. Like if you don't feel like yeah. that you can be punished for being mm -hmm. or just not succeed then why play it's just yeah it's got to be a challenge component because otherwise exactly what are you doing <laughs> or you're just playing storytelling which is fine you can play storytelling it's just not playing dnd <laughs> I was at a convention once and a good friend of mine was the DM and he killed me like in the first round, not, on, not intentionally, it just, it just the rolls. Yeah. He crit on me, did double damage and I went down and failed every death save. <laughs> we still like, I, I, and I'm just like, dude, you killed me in the first round and I'm always bugging him about it. I'm like, remember that time you killed me? But see, he, you got a good story out of it. I did. I did. And he <laughs> felt so bad. Cause he like, at the time he didn't know me all that well. And he's just like, dude, it was just the dice. And I'm, and I, I kind of like role played that you're an asshole type thing. <laughs> but, 
I made him feel bad for a little while, but I, I wasn't mad at all. I thought I actually thought it was pretty cool. I was like, oh, sweet. I mean, totally. <laughs> that, that is kind of that's a good hilarious story. You're like, yep, yeah, died on the first. Your character just yep. down. <laughs> just, yeah, walked in all bold, got crit on. Just goblin just like stabbed me right in the head. And I just went down and failed every death save. Oh, that's kind of hilarious. That's yeah. wow. But then at the end of the day, it's just a game. And really, it's just a game. You just got to put And then it was a level one. 1 campaign, so I just oh, made another makes, level. Oh, I mean, I some sense. Yeah, if you're at a if you're at a convention, you should have three or four backup characters ready to go anyway, so. That makes sense. Also, it's so much fun to make a character, so like having four or five options, like how we're, like it's good to do that. Like I have so many from different games I played, so I could just like go and take an old character that I made and be like, "Ah, bringing this one back." Okay, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I hope that some of this advice helps you if you're a new new player or even a long-time player and you kind of learn some fun facts that I shared cuz, you know, I do some research for this thing. Um Mateus, where can people find you? Uh, Evil Jerk Gamer. And it's Matthias, actually. Matthias? Dang it! <laughs> oh, I've only met one other Matthias, and he went by Matthias. So I would like really? to find him. Yeah, he yep. did. Shout yeah. out to all my, all my Latino fans call me uh, Matthias, so I there think that's go. how it's pronounced. It could be. That, that would make sense. Well, so, Math- Matthias. Matthias. Wow, it's, yeah. there's like a TH and there's an I sound. The long I. Cool. Thank you, Matthias. I'm so sorry that I pronounced it wrong. Wow. That's I normally fine. do my research, but there we go. The internet, man. <laughs> um, that's all for today. We'll see you next time for board game reviews and board game tips like this. Hey, folks. Thanks for listening to the show. You can find more information on social media like board game facts articles i don't know all sorts of fun stuff on facebook twitter instagram at board game ptch and you can also follow us on your podcast app hopefully if you aren't already doing that if you'd like to leave a review on itunes podchaser wherever you can leave reviews i also appreciate that so much or really to share it with your friends shout out to canzino music for making our awesome new intro see you next week This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.